Welcome to another edition of Bringing Hope to Alzheimer's. I'm Ann Frazier, and I am delighted to have with me today Nikki Jarden, and she is the co-founder um, and the publisher of Mirador. And Mirador magazine is a dementia-friendly magazine that focuses on the enjoyment and the engagement of individuals and care partners um, of those that have dementia or cognitive issues. So we're delighted to have you, Nikki. Thanks so much for being here today. And it's so great to see you. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. The last time I saw you was at the Night of Hope Gala, and that was such a thrill to have you there. And um, tell me about your experience at the gala. Oh, that was such an honor to get to join you all there and to see that remarkable event. It was really inspiring to see so many people come together and uh, raise uh, you know, funds and awareness and just to hear um, yourself and the other speakers. I really enjoyed it. I was invited there by the lovely folks at Paths Law Firm, who um, fortunately for me are a fan of the magazine, and they were so kind to uh, say, hey, would you be interested in coming out uh, for this event? And I'm so glad that I did for many reasons. Uh, one, I'd never been to Kansas City before, so that was super fun. And uh, just getting to spend time with, with, with Hillary and Rusty and Renee and Laura and all those fantastic folks. And to get to meet you in person was really, really great. Uh, it was a really wonderful experience. Well, I'm so glad that you were there. And I didn't get to talk to you very much, but it was a little bit crazy that night. But I'm so glad we get to talk today. And I want to hear more about, so um, you were a part of the gala because you have a lot to do with, uh, your your Mirador magazine has a lot to do with um, people who have um, dementia or cognitive issues. Tell me a little bit more about your magazine and what the purpose of the Mirador magazine is. So Mirador um, sort of came into being, um, in my mind anyway, uh, in late 2017, somewhere right around there. I have an aunt, actually she just passed, so I'm not used to talking talking about her in the past tense. Uh, it was just a couple of weeks ago. But Rebecca was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's at the age of 62. And um, I was fortunate enough to um, be one of her primary care partners as she was uh going along this journey. And I would spend, you know, a lot of time with her when she moved into residential care, you know, spending spending time sort of just negotiating all of this uh, new territory with her. And one of the things that I noticed was that she had always been a really voracious reader, particularly of magazines and newspapers. And I was noticing that that was starting to fall uh, fall off. She would carry magazines around, but they were the same magazines week after week after week. And so um, and I just know she wasn't engaging with them. Around that same time, I was becoming, uh, I was introduced to Tipa Snow and all of her amazing videos and learning a little bit about dementia and what sort of things the brain is doing uh, during an early, you know, people that are experiencing dementia at various stages. And one of the things I learned is that their visual acuity is uh, lessened. Um, you know, their vision starts to change. Um, and I was not aware of that. So I was like, oh, she probably can't read these magazines. They're, the font is too small. You know, there's just too much on the page for her brain to be able to process at this stage. So I went online to try to find um, dementia-friendly reading materials, um, particularly magazines and periodicals. 
And I just assumed that there'd be many to choose from because, you know, millions of people experience this, uh, this condition. I found zero. There were no periodicals um, uh, developed particularly for this uh, community. There were a couple of chapter books, which were lovely, um, but my aunt is not really a book reader. She never really was. So I, I got them for her, but it wasn't something she was uh, wanting to engage in. So I have a freelance writing background, particularly in magazines. I worked as a managing editor for a local magazine here. And so it was a natural progression um, to go, okay, well, uh, maybe I'll try to create create something. And that's sort of the germination of that. So I brought in a, a dear friend of mine um, who I'm actually in a band with, and she did all of our graphic design stuff. And I said, hey, would you be interested in taking your graphic knowledge and helping me put together this publication because it needed to look really, it, it had to have a certain look to it. It had to be accessible. Um, and I am not a graphics person. I'm a, I'm a decent writer, but I know nothing about putting a uh, layout together. So, so we spent about a year and a half on putting together this magazine and it uh, debuted in, I always forget this. I think it was July of 2020. Yeah, I think that's right. It was right, right in the middle of, right in the middle of COVID. So, um, so that is basically, that's the, the long and short of the, the story, the origin story. Well, I'm sorry for your loss of your aunt. If we could side note, how long did your aunt live with dementia, with Alzheimer's? So she was diagnosed, like I said, right after her 62nd or 63rd birthday, excuse me. Um, and she passed uh, on July 16th. Um, at the age of 69. So she lived, so just about seven, seven years, which is actually on the, the high end of her diagnosis. I was told um, people with early onset, their condition can be a little bit more rapid than if you're diagnosed older, but um, she really had fabulous care. She had actually a great attitude. Um, she was always a very positive person and she had a great community around her. And I'm sure that 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 helped. Plus she was, you know, she was physically strong and, and, uh, you know, she was always the kind of person that liked to be helpful. So in her residential, uh, care, the, the staff were great. They would always elicit her help to help bring other individuals into, uh, the rec room or, uh, into different meetings and the music and the bingo and all of that. So, you know, she'd wheel people around and she also loved, she loved reading. And so she loved reading to other residents and, visiting with people. She, she was really a fantastic person. She's only 12 years older than me. So we were very, very close um, all my growing up and, and she was uh, instrumental in, in, uh, in all the things with me, but yeah, so she was great. So yes, I do miss her. And I'm uh, really grateful that I got to spend so much time with her, uh, you know, along, along this, this path. So, so it's quite an inspiration. That's wonderful. So with with the magazine, after you created the magazine, did she then look at it? Was she able to read it? And and tell me a little bit about that. So she was, you know, so early on, we did a lot of research. Um, uh, we would bring pages in. and act, So the magazine is basically, um, we have several short features, uh, short stories that they're between 150 and 250 words long. They're very, they're very short. And then we also have uh, activities like we'll have a word search or a crossword or spot the difference. Very, you know, we want them to be challenging, but not too challenging. We want them to be engaging, but don't look simplistic like they're for kids. You know, 
we often get compared to highlights for adults, which is an honor since I love highlights. Um, but it's really important for us to know that we create this for an adult audience uh, that we don't want it to look too childish and be you know, demeaning in, in that way. So to answer your question, yes, uh, Rebecca was a part of certainly the early the early days of us putting Mirador together. You know, we would, we would read the articles together and do the, the puzzles. And then later, as her condition advanced and she was no longer able to read or uh, or she became nonverbal also, um, I would read to her, which is another way that people actually utilize Mirador. Um, it's for individuals, but it's also for care partners also to be able to engage with their with their loved ones. And so I would read the stories as I was working on them, you know, before we actually went to print. So um, and just to see what her level of engagement was, those pieces. There was one uh, incident just not long ago, actually, it was it was probably two issues ago. So it was it was fairly recent. Um, I, we always have a bird. Uh, we talk about a bird in every issue, and that's for her. She was a naturalist, and she actually did field research uh, for penguins out in the out in the wild. And uh, so we always have a, a bird issue in there. And I was reading to her about I think it was the the cuckoo it was the greater cuckoo, and uh, I was talking about how the the name cuckoo comes from the word geococcyx and all this sort of stuff. But as as I read the word cuckoo, she said she said cuckoo cuckoo, and I was like and, and it was hysterical and sweet. Um, my grandmother, her mother had cuckoo clocks all over the house. And so it was a great moment of me too, because when when our loved ones get to be nonverbal and not able to engage where we're used to, it can be difficult to know if our presence and what we're in, in our talking um, is, is getting through, you know? And so that, and we know that from, that we know that people can hear and they are listening it's nice to get that validation also though as well. So absolutely. Yeah. So do you create all of the stories? Do you create the word finds so the crossword puzzles? Like who who puts all that together? So it's primarily myself and um my co-founder, uh, Tave Fashe. Um we do a lot of the writing. I primarily, you know, write like the birds and I write uh, you know a lot of the stuff. Tave will work on the recipe. I do the word search. I do the crossword. Um, we do all of those puzzles in-house. We take the pictures for the spot, the difference. Occasionally, we do have contributors that come in, which is we would love to have more of them. Um, we're a very grassroots organization, so it, it's very in-house because we can't afford right now to pay people, which as a writer, I always, you know, you like to be able to do that. But we have some great volunteer writers um, that have come in. And Judy Stock, who is part of Tipa Snow's Positive Approach to Care team, has been a writer with us for many issues. We've had guests like uh, Loretta Vini, who did a craft with us, Ray Burrow. We had a fantastic uh, piece written by uh, Peter Berry and Deb Bunt. Um, Peter Berry is uh, a uh, from the UK, and he was diagnosed with early onset at the age of 50. And he's a fantastic advocate. And so he wrote a really nice piece for us about um, bicycling. Actually, he's a, he's, he bicycles around England and does a lot of advocacy work. So um, it, so to that point, he did mention that he, you know, how cycling helps his dementia. But I do want to point out that Mirador is not about dementia. It's not about brain change. It's really just a magazine that's formatted in a way for people to be easier to access. The stories are, they're everything, they're nature, they're history, they're some nostalgia components. We wrote a piece about the history of Monopoly. We write about 
the history of transportation. We write all kinds of stuff and we really just try to, to mix and match, um, you know, history features about other people, nature, uh, just stuff that we feel like can engage a, a broad audience. I think that's great because it shows um, you're finding interests that, that people have and, and sometimes they've lost some of those interests. So being able to read about something and then that spurs, like you said, like cuckoo, you know, it spurs thoughts and, and memories, which is a great thing. So that's very good. How has your magazine impacted readers? Have you heard stories and you get feedback? What do you hear? Um, yes, we actually, we're really lucky. We have a great community of people and I do get emails and photographs of uh, people engaging, um, with the magazine. Um, I just got something last week or some from a reader. It was a great picture, um, of, of a woman. It's her, it was her mother, um, uh, who has Alzheimer's and, and her granddaughter who looked to be about, I don't know, 10 or 11 or 12. And they were they were coloring together on one of our coloring pages, and she just wrote a nice note saying that they that they really enjoyed engaging with the magazine together, which really just warms my my heart, you know, because that's that's why we we do this. And I love also that we do try to make it so. Like as I said before, it's 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 written in a way for adults to to enjoy, but the language is accessible for. For younger readers, also, it's not it's it's simplified, but we you know we use regular vocabulary. The sentences are a little shorter, the paragraphs are shorter, um, but children you know of a certain age group can read the articles too, and so we hear about that the sort of nice intergenerational play between stories and the activities and their older loved ones, which is a really nice way for people to interact together. And so so we hear stories like that. Or um, I got another note from a woman whose dad really just loves flipping through the pages and, you know, he'll read from time to time, but it's, he said, or she said, told me that he's more engaged in printed material than she's seen in a long time, um, which is also really, really great. And we take all that kind of feedback in and we also hear like, Hey, could you um, add a little something here? Can you do something here? And we'll take that into, you know, we're, we're nine issues in, so we're very young. And so when getting that feedback from, our readers is super helpful for us to make the best resource that we can for our community. Very good. Very good. Do you collaborate with um, other industry experts and providers just as far as collaborating with them on ideas and thoughts? I mean, I know you said people give you feedback, but what about other industry people in the industry? So yes, um, we do. Um, I mentioned Tipa Snow earlier. Tipa has been a big advocate of ours for, uh, I sent her, I think, I wasn't ready to send her our first issue. I did send her our second one because <laughs> I wanted to just be like, okay. And if she was down with uh, what we were doing, then I felt like we were on the right track. And she's offered some great advice. Um, we uh, There's a Second Wind Dreams. Um, Laura Jackson has also um, offered us some really good feedback on some formatting issues. The adaptive uh, care equipment folks have also been, uh, Cindy and Christina Hardenweiss have also been instrumental in just sort of... Um, you know, kind of taking a look at what we're doing. So that's really helpful for us. And we hear from from industry professionals that we're on the right track, or here's some ways you can make this a better publication. That is uh, really, really great for us. So, and, but like I said, we've also gotten some, uh, some help from folks like the people at Pass Law Firm in your lovely area, um, just as far as taking our magazine out and also just sort of getting into the community because the more we can get into the community, 
more feedback we get and the better I think we, we can make our publication. It is a wonderful magazine. I absolutely love it. Um, where do you see Mirador going in the upcoming years? What What would you like to see the future look like for you? Well, I would love to see uh, Mirador get into as many hands as possible. I don't think there are enough. There are there are more now than there were, you know, three years ago when I started this um, with Kave. Um, but I would love to see more adaptive text resources available for communities of people with dementia, with cognitive issues such as brain trauma, um, uh, any sort of neurodivergence where there's where reading is just a little, you know, the, basically the normal reading materials can just be a little bit harder to access. So I would love to see uh, Mirador and publications like Mirador, um, like Nana's books, another fantastic research, uh, excuse me, resource, uh, Lorette Clear puts together these beautiful, beautiful uh, books. I think she's got 30 of them right now, um, adaptive textbooks. There's another magazine by a guy named Eric Kolb out of Texas, Songs and Smiles, which is really great. Um, Ann Abbott out of Minnesota is doing Reminisce books, which are short story, uh, which are short story books, which are formatted um, in a way for people to read easier. So I would just love to see, uh, I mean, I'd love to see Mirador in every single uh, library and senior center and, you know, residential care. And, you know, uh, we also love to see it. We have a couple of uh, places here in the Northwest. Um, Aging Services, for example, um, has picked them up and given them to their their clients. Hospice Services use them. So I think that they're just a fantastic tool for people to use to engage with people that are experiencing any sort of brain change, cognitive change due to dementia. So I just like to see it. I'd like to see it grow. I'm happy with where we're at. You know, I love to have our, I love our grassroots uh, uh, vibe right now. And um, it's lovely. And I would love to see it grow a little bit more just because the more people that have access to it, the better it's going to be for that community. Right. The more lives you're changing. So people look at our, watch our podcast, not only from Kansas City, but from all over. So how can people get it a subscription to the magazine? What's the best method of getting in touch with you and how do they do that? So um, you can re reach out on our website, which is miradormagazine.com. And so there is a, there's a subscriber page there. Um, you can also email me, which is Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at miradormagazine.com. Um, or you can call us, which is, uh, I don't know if we can put the phone number, but it's 503-644-2113. And you'll get me because I, it's, it's, this is not a big uh, company. This is me and my co-founder, Tave, and our graphic designer, Ty Junker. And that is it. There's just three of us. And so if you email or call, you're, you're going you're gonna to get me. And uh, I would love to chat with you um, about um, how to subscribe. We do have, um, like I said, you can go on our website and subscribe for yearly subscription. You can subscribe for bulk subscriptions. So if you wanted to get, um, you know, five or 10 or 20 or whatever into your uh, residential care or hospice group, um, you can order, you get discount for ordering uh, bulk magazines. Okay, excellent. So what else do you want to share with anyone that's listening, watching? What do you want to share? What have we not covered? Um, let's see. Well, I always, I, I tend to run on, so I don't like, what have I actually just talked about? But I do want to emphasize the fact that, uh, that um, reading is so important for cognitive health. It is, this has been studied and it is validated 
that reading helps in so many ways. It's self-comforting. It can decrease anxiety. It can decrease loneliness, whether you're by yourself or sharing with somebody else. Reading is really important. And I would like to see more accessibility in this way for adaptive text. Um, there are a few large print books out there, but there's not there's still not quite enough resources for this community to be able to engage in the act of reading and it's not that difficult we just need to have um, material that is larger print shorter sentences take a look at our contrast on our pages um, because we've found that if people can read something they're going to read it doesn't necessarily matter that people aren't retaining this from page to page. That is not that is not necessarily even the point. It's the point of engaging in material for that moment that they're in, being to have a conversation about that one sentence or that one paragraph is really great for our for our heart health, for our brain health, for our ability to be a part of community. Um, we most of us have started, you know, start reading at a very young age. We are read to by our parents and we read to other our siblings, you know, when they're coming up. It's it's just a, a part of uh, our being a part of engaging in community. And so I'd love to see more of it available and just as an, as an awareness. So um, that's uh, that's a big mission for myself and for other people in this in this world, like uh, Nana's books and songs and smiles. Like it's it's important. Yeah, I agree with you. There are not near enough resources available. Um, I was obviously you, you remember my I was a caretaker for my parents, and one of my fondest memories. I was just with um, our daughter and her husband and grandkids this weekend. And I was telling my daughter what a wonderful memory I had of her. This was in the very last days, probably month before she passed away. Um, she couldn't do crossword puzzles anymore, but my daughter, Kaylin, would read her of, of the crossword puzzle. You know, she would state what, what she was wanting. And then my mom could typically come up still with answers, which was just crazy because um, she had done crossword puzzles her whole life. So uh, I think there's so many uh, people that need these resources, and I absolutely love what you're doing. And it was such a pleasure for me to meet you at um, the gala. It's a pleasure to talk with you more today, and I will do anything I can to help you get uh, the word out and to get these resources in people's hands because I think it's fantastic what you're doing. So I appreciate that. Thank you for for creating this magazine and your passion for people with cognitive issues and Alzheimer's. is It's very inspiring. Well, thank you very much, Anne. I really appreciate that. And right back at you. It was an absolute joy to meet you in person. I think what you're doing and your whole team at Night of Hope is a fantastic uh, effort in raising awareness and um, bringing hope to your community out there. So thank you also for your work and for having me on uh, today. It's I love talking about what we're doing here, and it's a great opportunity to yeah just chit chat just chit chat about about the magazine. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we'll do, if people want to get in touch with you, you've given your information. We will also have a link here um, 
in linked into this podcast. And so people will be able to reach out to you. And uh, again, I appreciate your time. Thank you again for what you're doing. And uh, we'll be in touch and it'll be fun to watch your company and Mirador magazine grow. Thank you so much, Ann. I really appreciate it. Heart hands to you and to all yes. of you there. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye.